0: 8 a.m. and you're listening to KIOF-LP, 97.9 FM, Las Vegas. This is Las Vegas Public Radio, broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience, in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada.
3: From Feature Story News in London, I'm Oli Barrett. Thousands of people have been detained in India after defying a ban on protests against a controversial citizenship law. Demonstrators took to the streets again despite prohibitory orders being imposed at the last minute. Nihapunia reports from Delhi.
4: Police have imposed prohibitory orders in at least six Indian cities to block protests against a new citizenship law that leaves out Muslim immigrants from three neighbouring countries in India. In India's capital of Delhi, 14 metro stations have been shut down. There's heavy police barricading in place. And the internet services in some parts of the city have also been cut off, bringing the city to a near standstill. Detentions are taking place in Delhi. As well as in Hyderabad and Bengaluru, and critics are accusing the government of muzzling dissent. Police say that uh, prohibitory orders have been put in place, keeping in mind law and order concerns.
3: Russian President Vladimir Putin's dismissing the impeachment of Donald Trump as political infighting. At his annual press conference, President Putin also denounced Russia's sporting ban and denied Russian mercenaries are fighting in eastern Ukraine. Julia Chapman reports from Moscow.
0: The Russian president says America's Democratic Party is using impeachment as an alternative to achieving its goals after losing the election. He added that Russia is waiting for the U.S. to respond to proposals on extending the New START Treaty, without which there will be no checks on a global arms race. When asked about the recent ban against Russia's participation in international sport, Vladimir Putin declared it unfair. He says it's effectively punishing the same crime twice and unfairly affects Russia's clean athletes. The president denied allegations that mercenaries from Russia are fighting in the Donbas region of eastern Ukraine and says all military hardware there is their own. And when asked about the Russian constitution in relation to the end of his term as president, Putin suggested that changes could still be made.
3: Moscow. A court in the Philippines convicted the masterminds of a 2009 political massacre of murder. 58 people, including 32 journalists, were killed when their convoy was attacked in Maguindanao. Five members of the Ampatuan family clan have been sentenced to life in prison. The UK government set out its legislative agenda for the year in a Queen's speech at another state opening of Parliament. It comes after Boris Johnson won a majority of 80 in last week's general election. Meanwhile, the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, once again outlined why she believes there should be a second independence referendum for the country. Benji Haya reports from London. The so-called
5: Indy 2 is
3: now unarguable, according to the SNP's
5: Nicola Sturgeon. Her pro-independence party won 48 of the 59 available seats north of the border at last week's general election, something she sees as validating her case for Scotland to leave the United Kingdom. Prime Minister Boris Johnson believes that the 2014 referendum should be respected. He's refusing to allow another referendum during his
3: tenure. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN.
5: With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. There's been more violence in Lebanon this week, as political protests that have already brought down the country's government led to fresh clashes with police. The UN's envoy to Lebanon says there needs to be an inquiry into the excessive use of force against demonstrators who are demanding a radical restructuring of the country's political system.
6: Lebanon basically has this power-sharing system between different religious parties, you know, Christian Muslim parties, uh, it really has failed to provide the basic needs for people.
5: Journalist Taymor Azari in Beirut says the country is facing fundamental questions about how it should be governed.
6: They want, first of all, they want, you know, they, they brought down the government. 13 days into the protests, we had the government of Prime Minister Saad Hadiri uh, resign. Uh, since then, we've been without a government almost six weeks now. So the first thing protesters want is a government of experts that can take this country through the economic and financial crisis it is now in Uh, And then they want early elections. So they they want early elections held on a new electoral law that basically uh, doesn't assign parliamentary seats by sect uh, and is is really representative. Um, Those are the the key two demands right now.
5: The Lebanese economy is suffering as a result of all the instability with many businesses closing their doors and both prices and unemployment rising at a steady clip. Another issue galvanising the protests. With FSN Spotlight... I'm Simon Marks.
3: FSN is an independent source of news for TV, radio and digital networks worldwide. You can find more of our minute-by-minute updates on Twitter. Follow us there at Feature Story. And we have a wealth of audio and video stories from our global news bureaus on Facebook. You can find us there by following Feature Story News. Stay tuned for further updates right here. But for now, that is the latest Feature Story news. From London, Ollie Barrett reporting.
7: Magic FM, in Las Vegas, where stars are made and played.
1: The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on- and off-the-field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Here on KIOF 97.9 FM, Las Vegas Public Radio.
7: Welcome to the Sports Angle. With your host, Rocco Kelly. Live every morning on KILF 97.9, Las Vegas Public And now, here's your host of The Sports Angle, Rocco Kelly.
8: Welcome to The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Some call it rebuilding, some call it tanking, or some might just call it mediocrity. But the fact is, is that in 2019 in sports, there is now, I guess you could say acceptance. That if you are a bad team, instead of trying to get better, there is this philosophy where basically we're going to take a dive. We are going to not focus on this season. We might not even focus on the next two seasons. But what we're going to do is simply put, we are going to lose as many games as humanly possible so that we can have a great team in the future. And yes, we have talked about this on the show before, but the reason i bring this up now is because we've noticed this with baseball— basketball especially football but also hockey as well where if a team knows that they are not going to be in a winning contention and they don't want to be in mediocrity where they're an average team at best they decide screw it we are not going to compete and i've always had a problem with this because you're essentially telling your fans you're telling your coaching staff you're telling the people in your management you're telling people who work for you that essentially you can try as hard as you can, but we are not going to win. You've already thrown in a towel. And it is a losing mentality that honestly, I don't think is good for sports. Because you should be there to win. That's the whole point. You're supposed to be competitive. And competitive, being a competitive is a good thing in sports. Okay, it is good to have that mentality of, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat you. But if you're tanking or you're rebuilding, you're basically telling everybody, hey, I have the white flag out here, we surrender, we don't even got to play the game because we already know that you're going to win. And with the NBA and NHL and NFL, this has been a trend where they only play a select few games. It's not like baseball where you have 160-plus games. So if you lose 100-plus, that is considered an awful season. But if you lose 100-plus, you still have won 50, 60 games during that time span. In the NBA, we have seen a trend of teams that have won less than, like, 20 games. They win, like, 10, 11, 12, because all they're wanting to do is get a high draft pick. In the NHL, we've seen teams in the past, like the Ottawa Senators, who sell everything off, in Detroit as well, where all they do is sell off their assets, and then they only get like around 50 points on the year. And when you understand that you get two points for every win and one point for an overtime loss in the NHL, only having around 50 points in an 82-game season is really, really sad folks. So what I'm trying to understand and what I'm trying to get down to is that why has it been accepted now? Because the last decade or so we heard about it. And we heard rumblings of teams tanking or rebuilding their roster but we wasn't until let's just be generous and say about eight years ago, that we really started to accept. The rebuilding and the tanking side of it. Like 20 years ago, you heard about it, but around eight years ago is when it was really established and people got behind the idea. And I understand why. Because in baseball, the Astros, the Cubs, they tanked, they rebuilt their teams, and then they won uh, the World Series because of it. In the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers were the Prime example of tanking, you know, trust the process. The NFL, there's been plenty of examples of teams that have been rebuilding and then they have done it right. And, yes, I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills in that situation, where they have rebuilt their team from the ground up. I mean, Sonar, is what I'm saying making sense? Where a team, where about eight years ago, around 2011, 2012 – is really when you started to openly hear about tanking and rebuilding. About 20 years ago in the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, you heard about it, but it wasn't something that everybody talked about at a scale that we have now.
7: Well, the biggest issue that I can see is that it it disrupts the equilibrium it disrupts the the competitiveness that's that's actually built into games. And that's why you have a league. That's why it's just not a bunch of independents that just actually play each other every once in a while or make up a schedule or anything like that. It, the issue is, is that this balance has been upset for almost a decade now and to the point where it's rewarding people who do disrupt the balance because here's the thing. Do you think the Ravens would have the same, um, the same, I guess, uh, uh, win loss record this year, if it wasn't for the Bengals uh, uh, just essentially giving up or sandbagging or Cleveland doing the exact same thing. So what's happening is teams that are mediocre are getting into the playoffs because they don't have that competitiveness that comes back. They don't have that check and balance that they need to make sure that the league stays healthy. This is the issue, is the league isn't healthy right now. Because what's what's to say I don't do this for five years? What's to say that we're just not a losing team for five years, build it up, and, and then go from there? because now you're starting to lose uh you're starting to lose the people that you were going for in the first place in the first year. So is it 2 years that you do it? Is it 4 years? Is it 3? The sandbagging is never good anyway because it 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 rewards you for being not mediocre. It's okay if you're mediocre. It's okay. But you're there for the win. You're there for Uh, uh, for the pride of playing who wants to be on a team who it has been just giving up. You're going to actually start to lose valuable players because they're not going to play for a team for four years that they can't win anything for. You're completely disrupting their records and everything else.
8: Exactly. And we will continue with this conversation on tanking when we come back from the break. Here on the Sports Angle, don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this.
9: Las Vegas public radio station KIOF 97.9 FM is an official radio station for emergency information in Las Vegas. During an actual emergency, tune your radio to KIOF 97.9 FM for official up to the minute information from the city of Las Vegas.
1: The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge, and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Here on KIOF 97.9 FM, Las Vegas Public Radio.
4: Mobile, a call or click away, keeps you in play night and day. Are you with us?
2: I should know just what to say, and you know just what to do.
9: Hi, this is Paul, and this is Dean. From the Paul and Dean Show. Listen to the Paul and Dean Show live. Every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right here on LP 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio. Broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience. In fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: Hi, I'm Aaron Clements inviting you to ride with the CNC Auto Show. Co-host John Ryan Mooney and I are two real life in the shop ASC certified technicians that ride with you each week and answer automotive questions, share tips, and have some fun as we ride. Our goal is to give you information on ways to make your car, truck, or SUV safer, more dependable, and to make it last longer for less money. The CNC Auto Show cranks up on Saturdays from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. We'll meet you right here at Magic 97.9 FM KIOF Las Vegas.
10: Hi, everyone. I'm Craig Orndorff. On the next Seems Like Old Times, it's our annual Christmas party. We'll celebrate the Yuletide with some of the greatest seasonal songs of all time, performed by the big bands and the great singers. Plus, we'll sprinkle in some festive moments from old-time radio, vintage TV, and classic movies. So come listen to the Christmas memories on the next Seems Like Old Times. Seems like old times can be heard each Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF, Las Vegas.
7: Welcome back to The Sports Angle with your host, Rocco Kelly. Live every morning on KIOF 97.9 Las Vegas Public Radio.org. Find more about The Sports Angle at TheSportsAngle.com. And now, here's your host, Rocco Kelly.
8: Welcome back to The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. On the show today, I have. Brad Coleman, uh, former general manager with the Cincinnati Reds, was a uh, scout and executive as well. And also, you are a uh, offer and a speaker. Um, how are you doing today, Brad?
6: Doing great, Rocco. Great to be with you.
8: Now, before we... My, my apologies
6: we... for the mix-up... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, my apologies for the mix-up earlier in the week. I know I I, I was confused. I knew he wanted me to preview the big game in the NFL, and so I thought it would be later in the week here. Battle for the number one pick in the draft coming up this weekend. Real exciting time for fans.
8: Oh, most definitely. It's actually great you brought that up because before we went to break, I was talking about tanking, and I understand that you have a lot of knowledge about this topic because you got to understand, and I was going about with through MLB, NBA, NFL, and even the NHL, that it seems like tanking now has become an accepted part of the game. And I and when it comes to the integrity side, I've always had a problem with it. Because I understand that maybe twenty, twenty five years ago, there was rumblings about it, or there was, you know, hush hush. Discussions about tanking, but around maybe eight years ago, around 2011, 2012, is really when you started to see articles and when you started to see people in the media really talking about it in a broad scale, in an open environment. Is what I'm saying true, or was it before that where people were talking about tanking on a more open scale?
6: Well, I don't have an exact date, but the interesting thing is, you know, back in time, team's main source of revenue was ticket sales. They had to sell tickets to get people to come out to the stadium to see the games. So they, they had no, they really didn't have an option of putting a bad product on the field. They had to put their best product on the field every time. Well, we come to today's day. age, it's really been the, the evolution of the, the computing power getting better and better. And as we now have these analytics being talked about, analytics, which is really just deeper knowledge of, deeper objective knowledge of what you're examining and analytics shows that sadly the worst thing you could do at the highest level of professional sports today is to give your best effort but fall short of the playoffs because you're penalized with a poor draft pick so more and more teams are making the determination that if we can't win if we can't win if we can't at least be a playoff caliber team or in challenge to win at all we might as well not even try so now we come to this weekend and we have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the Miami Dolphins. It's a must-lose game for the Dolphins, but the Bengals are sitting pretty with only one win, so it's going to be tough for the Dolphins to lose to them. It's a real showdown.
8: Yes, and we have also heard the phrase tank bowl, and it's a wide, well-known phrase, and with the Bengals and the Dolphins, it most definitely is a tank bowl that we're all looking forward to, but the biggest problem that I guess I would say I really have with this philosophy is you're essentially just telling your players, you're telling your organization, management, coaches, everybody who is involved with the team that we're accepting that we are a horrible team. We're not going to get better this year and heck might not even be better next year. So we might as well just take the season and hope for the best. At least that's what I've always assumed anyway. And I understand assumptions is, you know, a word I can't say on I can't say on the air. But it's just a philosophy where I understand that losing is a part of sports, but tanking for multiple seasons has always been a sore spot in terms of how I how I watch sports. Well, Rocco, let, let me
6: ask you a philosophical question. Okay. I actually have two questions. You know, what, what is the what is first of all, what is the essence of sports? What is the essence of sport? I mean, you play to win, right? It's a competition. No matter what you're doing, maybe you're playing in the backyard. The essence of the sporting game, whatever game it may be, is you play to win the game, right? You 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 go out there to give your best and compete against whoever you're competing against, and really be the best you can be and hopefully win the competition. It's all about competing to see who is best at whatever it is you're, you're doing. So essentially these organizations are taking more of the long view is what it is. They, they all want to, I don't question, they all want to have a parade downtown and ticker tape and, and be the toast of the town someday, but they're viewing it. If we can't do it now, we're putting this plan in place, the process, as the Philadelphia 76ers so eloquently put it, but they, they, they're putting this process in place to eventually win. But my second question to you is, what is the difference between trying to lose and not trying to win?
8: Well, when you're trying to lose, you are purposely, or at least you are deliberately, basically telling the other team, that no matter what you do, no matter how bad of a game you are going to perform, you are still going to win. We are going to try as hard as humanly possible for you to win. Now when you say that you're trying uh now repeat the second part uh that you said. What was the second part? Not not try, purposely not trying to win. Okay, purposely not trying to win. I guess in a way it's it's similar, but it's also not. Because when you're purposely trying to lose, you're basically telling to the other team that no matter what, they're going to win because you're not going to stop them from picking up the win. But when you're purposely not trying to win, you're basically telling the other team that you cannot lose. So it's basically you're doing it both ways. Where the other team, they're, if they try to not win – it's impossible because at the end of time, it's impossible for them not to lose. It's one of the situations where it's a back-and-forth um, dilemma there.
6: So you think about, say
8: you're playing a basketball game in the driveway
6: against a little kid, someone that you're vastly superior to. Okay, you just know by sheer size you could win the game. So you don't just get the rebound when he misses a shot and turn around shoot in the basket and say oh I forgot to check it that's two points for you okay and you can do that five times ten times whatever and he wins the game that's too obvious most times you you say okay I could beat this kid obviously so I'm gonna try and help build his self-esteem so I'll kind of let play real slow let him dribble around me and do some things to kind of let him think that he's beating me right so you you don't intentionally lose the game because you could easily do that but what would be the purpose of that so you try not to win the game You, you don't purposely don't try to win. You might shoot crazy shots, so you let him dribble around. Like I said, let him have open shots. Well, he may miss and miss and miss, and your crazy shot may eventually go in the basket. So what do you do is you take the lead, you start taking even more crazy shots, or you dribble it off your leg, you do things like that, so that in the end, hopefully, he wins the game. So we have this situation now where the league is actually – what incentive – let me ask you this. What incentive do the Bengals have to win this game at Miami this weekend? They don't benefit at all from it.
3: No, so they don't. So
6: why is the league – So we don't know. You know, we speculate all this thing, and really the players, interestingly, I don't think that the players are trying to lose the game, but the organizations actually are the ones that the the Dolphins have traded away several players accumulating draft picks, which is legitimate to do. But the point is, uh, Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, even came out this week and said that the team wants to win now, despite how it might affect the odds of landing the number one pick. Why would a coach at the highest level of professional sports have to come out and announce the team wants to win now? Shouldn't that be obvious?
8: Well, it should be. It it definitely should be obvious, but when you understand that you have the worst record in the NFL and the fact that it's been universally known at this point that you have been tanking and trying to get the number one overall pick to get the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU – it's essentially that point where it's just like, okay, I'm going to tell you that we're trying to win now. You're basically trying to tell people like, hey, look at us. We're trying to win. It,
6: boy, you, you boy. just said – Rocco, you just said trying to get the number one pick. How do you try to get the number one pick?
8: You try to get the number lose. one pick by not – by losing. You lose. By not putting the best by, – by, right. by, not, by, not, by not putting what, the best team what, on the field.
6: However, you do it. You try. If you're trying to get the number one pick as an organization, your goal is to lose enough games to be the losingest team. That's the way the system is set up now. Now, let me ask you this: What would happen if it was the players? What if the players of the New, Eng- New England Patriots, whatever team, what if they had incentive to to miss the playoffs and they had incentive to lose games and miss the playoffs? What would we be talking about now? It'd be an outrage, right? An outrage. Players are right, throwing games. Would be it's crazy. Trying. They, they only.
4: Yeah.
1: The 1919 World the Series.
6: Yeah. Are you familiar with the 1919 World Series?
8: Uh, yeah, the Black Sox scandal. Yeah, of course.
6: The Black Sox scandal. Okay. Are you aware of who was the leading hitter in the 1919 World Series? Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Who hit the, ol- the only home run of the 1919 World Series?
8: Wasn't it Shoeless Joe Jackson?
6: Shoeless Joe Jackson. You are exactly right. And how- what was his reward for that? Uh, he got banned from baseball. And from baseball, so because supposedly he took some money, and there's even d- debate about that. But he was implicated in this scandal, and supposedly there was eight players that did not get. I mean, it's hard to argue that shoeless Joe Jackson threw the series, but there's a, possi- a possibility that he did not give his best effort to win the World Series, even though he was still the best performer on the field. So I'm uh, saying exactly. that right now, the we come from that time to today where the leagues themselves are per- and, and the reason that supposedly these players did it was they were getting paid more by gamblers to throw the game than they were getting paid by the cheap white sauce owner to play for the team and give their very best so now we have teams from the league
0: perceive they have for the one standing guard for the eagle-eyed for the knights in shining armor and for all those who support them we are Granger, your experienced safety partner Offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months, all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air.
6: All this guaranteed money from television contracts, so they don't need to sell tickets. So it really doesn't matter what product they put on the field. They have all these guaranteed seat licenses and all this other stuff. So the only thing they really have to gain in a season in which they're doing a rebuild is to gain a high pick.
8: We'll continue this conversation with Brad Coleman after we come from the break here on the Sports Angle. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this.
7: So, you want to be in show business. Las Vegas' first official arts, culture, and tourist station. Magic 97.9.
9: Las Vegas public radio station, KIOF 97.9 FM, is an official radio station for emergency information in Las Vegas. During an actual emergency, tune your radio to KIOF 97.9 FM for official up-to-the-minute information from the city of Las Vegas.
4: Call?
1: The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KIOF 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio
4: Hello Is it me you're looking for? T-Mobile A call or click away Keeps you in play Night and day Are you with us?
2: My arms are open wide Cause you know just what to say And you know just what to do
9: Hi, this is Paul. And this is Dean. From the Paul and Dean Show. Listen to the Paul and Dean Show live. Every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right here on KIOF LP 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio. Broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience. In fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: Hi, I'm Aaron Clements inviting you to ride with the CNC Auto Show. Co-host John Ryan Mooney and I are two real-life, in-the-shop, ASC-certified technicians that ride with you each week and answer automotive questions, share tips, and have some fun as we ride. Our goal is to give you information on ways to make your car, truck, or SUV safer, more dependable, and to make it last longer for less money. The CNC Auto Show cranks up on Saturdays from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. We'll meet you right here at Magic 97.9 FM KIOF Las Vegas.
10: Hi, everyone. I'm Craig Orndorff. On the next Seems Like Old Times, it's our annual Christmas party. We'll celebrate the Yuletide with some of the greatest seasonal songs of all time, performed by the big bands and the great singers. Plus, we'll sprinkle in some festive moments from old-time radio, vintage TV, and classic movies. So come listen to the Christmas memories on the next Seems Like Old Times. Seems like old times can be heard each Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Right here on Magic 97.9 FM,
7: KIOF Las Vegas. You're listening to the Sports Angle on KIOF 97.9 Las Vegas Public Radio And now, here's your host of the Sports Angle,
8: Rocco Kelly. Welcome back to The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. I have Brad Coleman, a former MLB executive and scout and former general manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Now, we were talking about tanking, and we were talking about the Black Sox scandal, which happened, by the way, 100 years ago, which in its own right is just, you know, insane. I mean, but anyway, we were talking about that and the whole statistics, Julius Joe Jackson. I mean, everybody who got banned... The other ones that you could make the argument for and, and it was completely understandable. But with Shoeless Joe Jackson, his statistics were the best out of anybody. You brought up the fact that the only home run in this series was by Shoeless Joe Jackson. And there's always been this idea that Shoeless Joe Jackson did one of two things. Either one, like he just said yes just to get him off his back. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. And like he actually didn't do it. But he just said yes just to, you know, get him off his uh, tail. Or... Because he was um, literate, he essentially just agreed to it, but he really, but he didn't do it. Like he said yes, but he was just like, "I'm not actually gonna do it." He didn't quite get it. It was one of those situations.
6: Well, I, I believe that he took money because all these guys were. Get... Charles Comiskey, the owner of the White Sox, was a notorious cheapskate, and so he was underpaying these players. You know, there was no way for them to get more back then, and, and so I think he took some money, but I think when the he walked between the white lines, I think he gave his all. That's the way he did. He did not make an error in the series either. So the only argument could be, besides that he took some money, is that maybe he threw to the wrong base, maybe he loafed tracking the ball down, something like that. You know, he, he didn't try his very best to win. That's the only argument you can give for Shoeless Joe being banned from the sport.
8: Right. Well, the first thing that – well, the first option is what – we're saying is that he took the money but he actually didn't do the the rigging of it like he performed his best but he did take the money he basically just said yes and then just did his own thing right and
6: I think he got caught up in it there's there a lot of other gambling during the season it, during the couple years right around that time a lot of stuff going on And I think when they brought in Kennesaw Mountain Landis then he really just decided with an iron fist to say look I'm sorry but we're cleaning this up you're you know all eight guys that had been associated with those gamblers there, were, were banned, and he was just taking a hardline stance to try and clean up the game. So that's the bottom line. But Rocco, let, let me ask you a philosophical question here. You know, what is the purpose? What What was the original purpose of the draft? Why do we have a draft in Major League Sports?
8: Well, the original purpose of the draft, from what I believed, was that it was basically a way to freshen up the rosters, to bring in new talent, new blood, but from what I understand, I believe there is a different reason for the draft and the reason why it was originally created.
6: Well, to to think about this, I mean, obviously, rosters would be freshened up all the time anyway. You always have players coming out of college, so say there was no draft, okay? Who would Joe Burrow be going to next year?
4: Well he, wouldn't just be a free
6: agent. well, he wouldn't just be a free agent. He wouldn't just be a free agent. What else would he be? What else would he be if there was no draft?
8: Well, see, I almost said a supplemental draft similar to what the USFL did when they folded and all the uh, USFL players had to go to the NFL. But you just said there wouldn't be any drafts. So a supplemental draft. If there was no draft, exist. all these guys graduated from college, I mean,
6: uh, Young from Ohio State, you got Burrow, you got Tua Tagliavola. What would they all be? You're exactly right. They, they would I wanted, be free to sign with anyone, and that and that's how it was before this, there was ever a draft. And so, what? Who would he be going to? Really, the teams with the most money, or at least the teams with the most money to spend that needed a quarterback. Probably there may be some teams looking elsewhere, but you know he would be free to sign wherever he wanted to. So he might not go to. Uh, he might not want to go That's to the exactly. Ravens and be behind Lamar Jackson, but he might go to the Patriots. They'd pay him a lot of money. Maybe Tom Brady's on his way out in the near future. So it worked both ways. But what would you have then? Bidding wars, right? Well,
8: you, right. You would have a bidding war for the.
6: I think, think of a bidding war for some of the college. top players. Yes. So back in the 1930s, when the NFL. And see, in the 1930s, shortly after the NFL had started, it was not. The glitz and glamour it is today. Everyone really forgets that. Like you said, the 1990 Black Sox scandal was a long time ago. So was the beginning of the NFL. And back then, a lot of teams were having a hard time making it. Teams were coming and going. They had a hard time filling out the schedule. You didn't even get teams to play out the season. Teams would be going bankrupt. It was really a tough time. They didn't know if this thing was even going to work.
8: Yeah, you had teams and, combining. Like you had the Steelers and the Eagles one year. They had to combine. Right. Right. And teams
6: were starting to get in bit Originally, too, college football was more popular than pro football. So teams came up with the idea: hey, signing the local college hero gives us name recognition, and fans will want to come out and see him even before pro football was gaining steam. So that was a common thing. But then, as teams started realize, hey, if we could get a better player, you know, they didn't have scouts or any of that kind of thing, but they started to get some guys that could evaluate talent a little bit. And they said, hey, even if this other guy, if this player is really good from some another place in the country and he can help our team, we should go sign him. So teams started to have bidding wars, and eventually the team said, wait a minute. We're only hurting ourselves. Rather than having bidding wars, we should assign the players rights so we can only negotiate with one team, and then we won't be bankrupting each other. So they said, okay, how will we assign rights? And back then they just said, well, you know what? Let's let the team with the worst record get the first pick in the draft. Okay, and you know who proposed that, re- you know who proposed that rule? The owner of the last place Philadelphia Eagles.
8: Of course, that makes sense.
6: Of course. Yeah, of course. Doesn't that make sense? He huh? wouldn't have any kind of agenda there. And so in the very first draft, the Eagles, you know who their 1st the first pick was in the first draft ever? The Eagles finished last I place, and they not... drafted Jay Berlanger.
8: Well, I did not know the name, but I do know that he did not sign with them.
6: He did not sign. In fact, yeah, he, he took a job, because back then, most, most college men that were a college graduate, they parlayed their successful college career into a well-paying job that could take care of their family. Because... They knew playing professional football would be short-lived and wouldn't make a whole lot of money anyway. So most guys didn't even want to go play professionally. In fact, that first year, the Eagles, the draft went nine rounds. The Eagles didn't sign a single one of their, their nine players they drafted. So the draft has completely changed. It's become something that it never was back then. And the fact that it's reverse standings draft is merely circumstantial. I think if they would have said, okay, let's rotate it and we'll do it that way, that would be the way it evolved to today.
8: Right, it was kind of similar to the NBA. Like before they established the draft lottery, normally they had the two worst teams, and they would flip a coin. One team would pick heads, and the other team would pick tails. Whichever one it landed on would get the first pick.
6: Which I mean, well, that was only originally. Originally, when the NBA started, they copied the NFL many of the NFL rules, and they did the draft completely worst to first. And only when teams started mysteriously playing really bad down the stretch to finish worse that's when they came up with the coin flip idea so that was that was the the original lottery to at least put the
8: bottom two teams in a coin toss yeah, i'm here with uh, Brad Coleman uh, when we were here when we were during the break when you originally asked me the question about the draft i said that it was mainly about television because in 2019 that's really what it is now like i mean i understand like back then when it got started but now in 2019 you can't deny that all the drafts are televised. It's this, this big ordeal about who's going to go where, what trades are going to happen. Like, everybody makes this big skeptical. That's why I think the NFL draft is, what, near four hours long for the first round? If I, if I believe that's what last year was? Because it's this big uh, spectacle now. And that's fine. I got no problem. I don't want to
6: change that. But here's what I want to change, Rocco. Why shouldn't every team have incentive to win every game possible? And I wrote about this plan in my book, Losing to Win, which is available on all online booksellers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your favorite online bookseller. But the thing is, why shouldn't the best team to miss the playoffs get the number one pick instead of the worst team in the league? And people say, oh, the worst team in the league can't get better. But let me ask you one other question. Back in 1935, when the draft was first conceived, what the only two ways a team could get better was by new young players coming in, amateur players that were becoming pro, or making a trade with another team. Now, obviously, in making a trade, you need to give up talent to get talent in return. So you can improve some, but but the best way to improve your team was to sign new young incoming talent. Well, since the beginning of the draft, what other way can teams today now improve their teams in the offseason? In, in the off-season?
8: Uh, free agents by going and getting the free best agency. players on the market.
6: Exactly. So there's no reason that the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins can't sign some free agents this offseason and get better. And really, they don't need to go get good enough to win at all. They just need to get good enough to compete to be mediocre. Instead of where we have it now, being mediocre is the worst thing you can do. So right. Can there's no always that the and glamour, about but say,
8: yeah. yeah. Of course.
6: I'm just saying every team should have incentive to strive to be the best they can be. And they should be rewarded for competing and giving their best. And right now, the worst place you can finish in the NFL is just missing the playoffs.
8: Right. You being, uh, for example, in the NFL, if you're 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight, or possibly the 9-7 and and you're one of the best uh, conferences in the NFL, or if you're in the NHL, if you get around the 80-point range, that's when you're on the cusp of missing the playoffs, because normally you get around the 90, upper 90s mark. Um, it, it's... Well, I guess, and when we and when we come back from the break, we'll discuss this more in detail. But I guess the question would be, if you really do the free agency side of it, where it is, once again, a bidding war, how wouldn't the major, major market teams just outbid all the small market teams and the teams that are in the mediocre tier and get them back to a competitive level? We'll talk about that after we... Come back from break here on the sports angle. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this.
7: So, you want to be in show? Las Vegas is number one.
9: Las Vegas public radio station, KIOF 97.9 FM, is an official radio station for emergency information in Las Vegas. During an actual emergency, tune your radio to KIOF 97.9 FM for official up-to-the-minute information from the city of Las Vegas.
2: If something strange in a neighborhood. Who you gonna call?
1: The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Here on KIOF 97.9 FM, Las Vegas Public Radio.
8: Hello.
4: T-Mobile. A call or click away, keeps you in play, night and day. Are you with us?
2: My arms are open wide, I you know just what to say, and you know just what to do.
9: Hi, this is Paul, and this is Dean. From the Paul and Dean Show. Listen to the Paul and Dean Show live. Every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right here on KIOFLP 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio. Broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience. In fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: Hi, I'm Aaron Clements, inviting you to ride with the CNC Auto Show. Co-host John Ryan Mooney and I are two real-life, in-the-shop, ASC-certified technicians that ride with you each week and answer automotive questions, share tips, and have some fun as we ride. Our goal is to give you information on ways to make your car, truck, or SUV safer, more dependable, and to make it last longer for less money. The CNC Auto Show cranks up on Saturdays from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. We'll meet you right here at Magic 97.9 FM KIOF Las Vegas.
10: Hi everyone, I'm Craig Orndorff on the next Seems Like Old Times, it's our annual Christmas party. We'll celebrate the Yuletide with some of the greatest seasonal songs of all time, performed by the big bands and the great singers. Plus, we'll sprinkle in some festive moments from old time radio, vintage TV, and classic movies. So come listen to the Christmas memories on the next Seems Like Old Times. Seems like old times can be heard each Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Right here on Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF, Las Vegas.
7: Welcome to the last segment of the Sports Angle. If you want to join the conversation, visit amp.tv. And now, here's your host of the Sports Angle, Rocco
8: Kelly Welcome back to the sports angle. I'm your host Rocco Kelly. I'm here with Brad Coleman, former former general manager of the Cincinnati Reds MLB Executive and Scout. <clears throat> and uh, anybody who is wanting to contact you, uh, where would they find you, Brad?
6: Well, they can follow me on Twitter at Brad Coleman. That's probably the best way to follow what's going on, and I try and tweet on exciting things like the matchup of the year, playing for the number one pick, trying to lose.
8: Well, well, uh, well, when we went to break, I brought up that if you got rid of the draft and you had basically a free agency where it was a bidding war, how would it stop the small market teams, the teams that are stuck in mediocrity, being able to get the top players and not being outbitted by the big market teams and the best teams, kind of like recruiting in college football, or if anybody understands that, where it seems like every single year, the top 10 teams in college football, they they basically go to the grocery store and go, okay, I'm going to pick him, 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 and him. Here we go. I'm going to go to the checkout store. I'm going to check out. Here's my card. Put anything you want on it. I'm good to go.
6: Well Rocco, I think to your point earlier, I, I think I don't think the draft is going anywhere. Like you said, it's a TV spectacle, it's become so big, oh, I want my team to get this guy, and I don't think the teams want to get in bidding wars for all the amateur players. So my my point is just that every team should have incentive to win every ge- game possible. Ideally, there should never be incentive to lose. Now if a team thinks oh, facing this one team in the playoffs is going to be different better than this team that's higher ranked or lower ranked, we you can't really control that. Those kind of things may go on. But... Ideally, from a league standpoint, they should be setting it up so there's an incentive for every team to win. But my point is that free agents, veteran free agency, is here. And that's here to stay also after a certain time in the league. The players have the right to decide where they want to play. And three of the four sports have a salary cap. And that's the key is that you couldn't go over certain amounts. So, you know, money talks, no matter what players want to say, sure, they want to play certain places. But if you can make a million dollars plus more playing somewhere else, you may be willing to go to a not ideal Players don't even live in these towns year-round anyway, so I think that doesn't even matter that much. But with a salary cap, it ensures that, that lesser teams should be able to get some players at least. And actually, the one sport that doesn't have a salary cap is Major League Baseball, and I've been in contact actually with the Players Union, and you know there's a good chance there may be another strike coming next year because they're not happy with things going on with the tanking.
8: Because does a tanking team have incentive to even sign free agents now? I mean, the last couple of years, you have seen that those teams that are losing 100-plus games a year, they are not active in free agency. Or if they are, they're signing a lot of the minor league contracts with an invitation to spring training.
6: Exactly. They need to field a team, so they're going to sign some players. But signing a marquee free agent costs them more money and really hurts their process it's going to make them win a few more games which might cost them a worse draft pick. it's not really going to help attendance if they lose 98 games instead of 102 so but but i figured out from 2014 to 2016 in major league baseball because what what a what goes along with a salary cap in the other three leagues a salary floor but in major league baseball with no salary cap when tanking teams like the houston astros were totally focused on building for the future they lowered their payroll all the way down to fifteen million dollars. And I figured out during a three year period two thousand fourteen to two thousand sixteen, if there was a salary cap that's that was similar to what is the luxury tax that they're kinda of using as a soft salary cap in Major League Baseball right now, if they had a salary floor of about seventy five percent of that, which is what they're kind of doing, they're basically doing in the NHL, the NBA and the NFL, major league baseball players as a whole would have made more than one billion additional dollars just by forcing the tanking teams to spend seventy five percent of the cap so by not having a salary floor major league baseball players have cost themselves over a billion dollars in the last few years
8: that no is amazing to be more competitive wow. Well, that's, i mean with the whole uh, cap floor yeah nba nfl and nhl they all have that you have to spend at least this much with your teams I've also noticed that with MLB and NBA, there is the whole luxury tax where, you know, if you pay over X amount of millions of dollars, you have to go in towards a luxury tax where the NFL and NHL doesn't have that, where they kind of have where a hard salary cap where you can't spend over this much or you'll get a penalty for it, where the NBA and MLB right. has the whole luxury tax uh, allocation. But, I understand that, correctly. but the NBA I think has a cap,
6: but they have a lot all, all kinds of exclusions about keeping your your player in town and that kind of stuff. But I think Major League Baseball, the Players Association, made a huge mistake by letting this uh, luxury tax be implemented with no floor, and so now they're really they're trying to figure out how to get out of that.
8: But let me oh, ask yeah, you a question, Marco. Do you play fantasy football? Oh, of course I play fantasy football all the time. Sonar does as well. I mean, we're both uh, big fans of fantasy football. You
6: guys ever play in auction leagues? Uh, that's
8: the one I do, yeah. Okay, auction leagues are a lot of fun. Okay, say, are you pretty good? You know your stuff? Uh, I say I'm pretty good. I'm I'm in the top half bet the you do. majority of the time. I bet you do. Yeah. I bet, you, bet you're pretty smart. Now, say I was starting a new fantasy football league and I called you up. Would you be interested in playing? Oh, absolutely.
6: Say, say yeah. I said I got, I got Mark Zuckerberg, I got Warren Buffett, and I got Bill Gates all going to play in the league, too. You can beat them, can't you? What do they know about the football? <laughs> oh. But, but what if I told you we're not using a salary cap, and we're, we're bidding real money? Would you okay, want to play? Well, Do you that, have any
8: interest in playing? I would have to bow out at that point. I'd have to put my cap in. I'd be like, I'm going to walk away now. I'm going to take my Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and I'm going to walk away. <laughs> so how
6: can anyone argue that the highest level of Major League Sports in today's era should go on without a salary cap? I mean, the whole strategy is, you know, oh, i got $30 left, should I bid 20 on this guy? No, that's a little too much. I mean, it puts the strategy in the game. But now in Major League Baseball, and there's been a, many studies done that shows there's a clear correlation between how much a team spends and their ultimate success. There's definitely some aberration. There's, there's teams like the Tampa Bay Rays that find their way into the playoffs on occasion. But if you're just plotting a graph, the team spending more money equates to more success.
8: Right, you got to spend money to make money. Yeah, of course. Right, and then also, um, thanks to the person who texted me this, by the way. Uh, the NFL and the NHL have a hard cap. The NBA has a soft cap. So they can go over the cap, and they can go into luxury tax. But, yeah, thanks to whoever sent me that. Because, yeah, they do have a cap, but it's a soft cap. So you can go over it in the NBA.
6: Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that. What the fuck? How's it a cap if it's a soft cap? And I know there's rules about it, but that just cracks me yeah. up. And the I NBA know, is actually I mean, a unique funny. sport.
4: Yeah.
6: The NBA is interesting because one guy can influence so much. So I understand. they. I've actually had discussions with the NBA office as well because Adam Silver has fought very hard to try and figure out how to stop tanking. You know, Mark Cuban takes his whole team to dinner and says, look, it's going to help our odds in the, in, in the lottery if we lose the rest of our games. And, and he gets fined by... He got fined by Adam Silver $600,000 for saying that on a radio show that he took his team to dinner and told him that.
8: So he got, he got fined for telling the truth. Shoot the message mean, well, I mean, well, I mean $600,000 for, for a normal person, that's a lot of money. For people who are driving to work right now in Vegas and they're taking their kids to school, well, that's a lot of money. But for somebody who's an owner, $600,000, that's not going to be the biggest but, 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 worry in the world.
6: Rocco, that, that, that's beside the point. The league yes. has a structure in place that rewards teams for losing the most games. And Mark Cuban took his team to dinner and educated them on that fact. That's a league structured program, and he got fined. I don't care if he got fined a dollar. Why is he in trouble? <laughs> if the league doesn't he like him saying that, trouble. why don't they change the rule? Why don't they change the rule? Reward the team, the best team that misses the playoffs, instead of the worst team. And then the NBA and the NHL i would do the same thing. Keep the keep the lottery, but give the best odds to the best team
8: to miss the playoffs. We Blue have talked stink. about Finishing this. Last and, should stink. Yeah, and we've talked about this. If you did a reverse lottery, it would like it would, add, it would add more of an incentive. And Mike, very quickly before we you know get to the end of the show here. Uh, It's just one of the situations where, yes, if you reverse the draft lottery, where the team that had the best record that did not make the playoffs had the most lottery balls, let's just say, for example, or in the NFL's case where essentially the team that missed the playoffs with the best record, Los Angeles Rams, would have the number one overall pick and you would do reverse order, it would add more of an incentive to...
7: Las Vegas is number one. Radio. Magic, magic, 97.9.
1: The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday. From 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Here on KIOF 97.9 FM.
4: Las Vegas Public Radio. Great tailoring and alterations are hard to find these days. Fire Ample, a new tailoring and alterations shop in Henderson, Nevada, can help you with all your needs. Their website is www.fire-ample.com. You may contact Shirley at 702-867-1088 for more information. Hello. T-Mobile. A call or click away keeps you in play night and day. Are you with us?
2: I you know just what to say. And you know just what to do. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com.
1: Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear along with smart sensors for coverage around the home with 24/7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together. You can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com/symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub.